Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 441. Just got back from my trip to New York. I was so relieved. It looks great. The weather was perfect. There were flowers everywhere. I'm not just talking about Fifth Avenue. I mean, in front of office buildings, long strips of flowers um, on walkways that were hand height. People could have crushed them if they wanted to. Nobody was crushing anything. People were smiling. There was, I mean, I feel like I'm like hallucinating. There was no litter. It's like they love their city again. Unbelievable. I guess the rats are working. There were no rats. There was no, there was one garbage bag that was open and the garbage was beautiful. It was empty like uh, gift boxes. Silly garbage. Nothing greasy, nothing gross, no fried chicken. Oh my gosh. It was the best. We walked six miles everywhere. I couldn't believe it. I, so it wasn't like we were just in that one little golden zone. We ran around. People were nice. And I know the weather, the minute the weather turns and it's beautiful, New Yorkers turn into amazingly civil, lovely people for like a couple of weeks. I was there for it. And we went to the park. Okay, the tulips were over. The dogwoods were still going at it. There was one little, I love the azaleas. All the azaleas were gone. We, we round this corner in the park. Beautiful view. Turn around. There's one little azalea bush that waited for me. Me. I knew it. I got my picture with him. I, the azalea looks great. I'm the, uh, the unattractive thing in the picture with the azalea. I don't even care. The food was great. Shouldn't have had truffle pasta. Too heavy. I think it's ruined truffles for me, which is very sad because I have truffles at once every 20 years. But it was amazing. I actually got a compliment. Somebody thought I was a real New Yorker. I was wearing an outfit. I thought I was rocking it. Of course it was black. Perfect for the weather. People were looking at me. And then I go to the restroom at Bergdorf's and there is an antiperspirant skid mark all over my chest. I don't even know how, like a monkey got in the dress. I don't know how I did it. It's just like, that's what they were looking at. That's okay. That's okay. For like a couple of minutes, I thought I was making it in New York. Just like Frank. Alexa, spa music. That's all the fun we're going to have. Okay, so that was a little, that was hilarious, but everything is hilarious when I'm in New York. I, when people are happy, I'm happy. So, you know, it was what I deserved. Why should I think that I'm rocking it at 68 in New York City? <laughs> but I did. I believed it. And the only thing that was killing me was my bunions. And I took these stupid black hose off. And the next day, I could walk. I could walk around the city, not thinking about my feet every single second. It was enchanted. It was, it was beyond belief for me. I couldn't believe it. So that was it. And I was wearing all the right clothes because the weather was great. 
There was a little wind. It was kind of fun. Oh my gosh. Every single thing about the city was perfect. The bad thing is, I'm not sure if Bergdorf is going to make it. The inventory was really low in the men's store and the ladies' store. That Bergdorf's, there's only one in the whole world. That's it. They have great buyers. They they have a personality. They don't need to sell the clothes in Schenectady and Palm Springs. So it's you'll see things you never see anywhere else. And they were doing this thing where a section of it was under construction. I got the same bad feeling I got when Bendel's was going. Just this bad feeling. And Bendel's was kind of the same exact sort of store. Not not all over the world, all over the country. Individual Bendel's, individual Bergdorf's, and I just hope I'm wrong. But I didn't see anybody with packages, which was what Stanley always told me to do. Stanley Marcus said, see if people are buying things. Don't look at their clothes. Don't look if they're having a good time. See if they're carrying a package. And there was none of that. And then on the street, there were no Bergdorf's little gorgeous, gorgeous shopping bags in that impossible purple color with the blue. You want the bags so badly. Nobody was carrying them around. In fact, I didn't see people carrying many bags from other stores. And it wasn't Saturday, and I get that, but still. So that was sad. And I just hope I'm wrong about Bergdorf's because I have to be wrong. It's just, it's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things to do is to stop there. But my super favorite thing to do is to go to the theater. So we went to go see the Tom Stoppard play the first night. And we were only in town for two nights. Kid thinks it's perfect. I thought it was perfect this time too. It was just, I was exhausted by the time we finished because I don't have enough energy to be happy for very long. Okay, that's just how it is. First night, we saw Tom Stoppard's Leopoldstadt. I'm not pronouncing it right. It was a beautiful play. It was very moving. And Kit said, because it's his favorite playwright, that it wasn't as witty and the wordplay and all that wasn't there. But the story was really beautifully done and the acting was beautiful. So I hit. We had a great time. Next day, we're going to the matinee because it's Wednesday, right? So we take a little walk, go to a little diner. There are no more delis. I'm hoping delis are coming back. They keep saying they're going to bring them back. It's so much fun to go to a Jewish deli like the stage door and get the pickle and have the little exchange with the waiter who's been there for 99 years. So that that little intrigue is over. I hope it comes back. But there was a diner and it was kind of really dinery, so that was fun. Then we go to this play. Sean Hayes, Good Night, Oscar. I have never We've gone to the city for maybe 30 years, twice a year. I've seen so many shows. Never saw anything like this in my life. He is astounding. So they really did come up with the story about Oscar, and you can't really add much to it. But they never told the story about Jack Parr. And when I was a kid, Jack Parr was everything. He was the wittiest guy in the world. And he was a fantastic dresser and very urbane and everything you want, although he's from Nebraska or something. I don't know how these guys do it. Johnny Carson, the same thing. They must take notes and really learn how to be suave, like Cary Grant. So that was great. But the story behind why, Oz, why Jack Parr wanted 
Oscar on the show so badly. He had him on he had him on the show quite a bit. And then there was this terrible thing that happened, which was that Jack Parr tells this joke and it's got the word water closet in it. Pretty innocent joke. And NBC whipped it out of the show without telling him. So the next night he goes on the show and he says, I'm quitting. I'm quitting tonight's show. There's got to be a better way to make a living. Okay. So then three weeks later, he comes back and he says, as I was saying, and it broke the world down because it was so hilarious. So he came back, but he came back with the knowledge that he could do what he thought was right to do. And they started giving it to him again, just bugging him. You know, he, he had an interview with Fidel Castro, okay? That went over people's heads. They, they didn't like it, but he was told he could do anything he wanted. He had to entertain an hour and 45 minutes every single night, every weeknight. It was exhausting. And the audience, there was no laugh track. You had to earn every single laugh you got. But an hour and 45 minutes is a long time. One time he had Mickey Rooney on the show. This bothered NBC too, because I, I mean, Jack Parr said, get off, you know, you gotta go, you gotta go. Because Mickey Rooney made the big mistake of being visibly drunk. You could be drunk on the show because it, start, it went on till one o'clock in the morning, but you couldn't be visibly drunk. So that was kind of funny. So um, so then he, he came back and he had, he had the knowledge that he could do anything he wanted, but they were bugging him. So he wanted Oscar Levant for his first show when he was in Los, Los Angeles because everything worked when Oscar was there. You know, he would be asked, what do you do for ex for exercise? He says, I, I stumble and fall into a coma. He was hilarious. He said he, he his depression, he's learned to deal with it. Before, before the first days are apathy, deep apathy. The next days are deep depression. And he's working on keeping the deep apathy because he loves it. You know, just, just silly things like that. The other thing that was great about the play is his wife, Jane. Um, she, June, she was amazing. It was so, so lifelike. Like she committed him, and but she loved him and she got him out to be on the show. She was very, a very big part of this whole crazy story that is absolutely true, where they got him out of the psych ward onto the TV show for one big night. And then this other part of Oscar's story is that he's haunted by George Gershwin because he loved his music and he could play the piano and interpret George Gershwin better than anybody ever could. So George would write the songs and he'd listen to Oscar play them. Oscar wanted to be his own composer, but he couldn't ever come up with anything as genius as Gershwin, especially Rhapsody in Blue. Okay, this is when the story took off. So towards the end of the show, you know, Oscar's on and he tells some really good jokes and, and some that went way over the top. Like um, one about Marilyn Monroe uh, that was like exceptionally married to Arthur Miller and she converted to Jew to become to, into Judaism so he could devour her. 
I'll put it like that. Oh my gosh, so much trouble. Jack Parr is smiling this whole time. He's asking him what he wants, what he thinks about sex, religion, and politics. Because that's what the NBC studio guy said. Do not touch it. Don't go there, Jack. Don't do anything. It's like he was, you know, orchestrating his own demise. And he didn't care. Jack Parr was done. And Oscar was going to help him do it. But he goes, he, and he is a drug addict too. And I feel sorry for him. And he really did make mental illness. He made me understand it and be really compassionate about it. This Sean Hayes did such a... a I mean, it was a tour de force. It was amazing. And then to add, like, I mean, it's not even a cherry on the top. It's like the whole world on the top. He played Rhapsody in Blue, and his interpretation of it was so haunting and so lonely and so beautiful. Every single night, Sean Hayes has to ice down his hands because he gave it everything he had. It was... You know, like in the Thornbirds, that book, those birds in Australia, they attach themselves to a thorn and they sing the most beautiful song they ever sang. That's what this was like. It was like Oscar gave everything he had. Sean Hayes gives every single thing he has every single night of this show. It's a 17-week run. He's going to need six months to recover. I have never seen anything like it in my life. And that's what New York can do sometimes. It just can be perfect and magical. And we hadn't gone on a trip in like three or four years. And we start like this, at this magic time, in this magic place. Oh my God, we needed it so badly. And I'm so happy and I could cry. It was the best trip ever. Oh, Jack Parr was interesting. Okay, so. He comes from a small town. He was a radio announcer in a small town. He became a controversial army disc jockey, which um, some of the, you know, Good Morning Vietnam came from, from him. That's where the Vietnam guy got, he knew Jack Parr did it. Jack Parr was the, was the first controversial army disc jockey. And I mean, that's just, and then he became a less successful actor and he can act. I saw a couple of clips. He just can't do it. It doesn't matter. Because then he went on to be the top of the heap host up to The Tonight Show. It was like the two of them in this one night. And the guy who played Jack Parr was great. He got the, he got the look and the tone of his voice down. And it didn't show up until he was on screen, which was a very cool, like Jack Parr wasn't always Jack Parr off screen either. I thought that was really great. The interesting thing about this was it was both of their swan songs. It was both of their exits, French exit, leaving while the party's still going on. It was great. So I had a great time. I keep going on and on. I had a great time. I traveled. Oh my gosh, I forgot this is part of sanity. You need things to look forward to. And when they work out, it's like, wow. So just great. I'm happy. and. I'm happy. I said that out loud. I'm happy. That's what it did for me. Oh my God. I gotta travel. Even if I just go to Waco. I don't care. I gotta go. So, thank you New York. Thank you, thank you. And just a little bit of like how to stay sane. 
put something on your, put some trip on your calendar, and I will be back. Thanks.